Hello, friends. Grab your wine, pull up a chair. You are listening to the Close Friends podcast. This is where we hit record on our IRL conversations as friends about surviving, thriving, and diving headfirst into life, trying to be adults, but also trying to have a fucking good time. This week, I'm your host, Lucy, and I'm joined as ever by my host, Tara. Hello, friends. And Sarah B. London is actually, she's not with us, is she? She's um, having some time off. Neither is Shirley, but we're just going to let that one slide because I am i just can't bear the trauma anymore of Shirley not being here. Like, where the fuck is Shirley? Number one, I know where Shirley is. And number two, there's also a development. I think she may have um, had a child. Um, we're going to, we'll cover, we'll uncover this as soon as, you're here in the UK um, and Sarah is home. So there's more to come in the Shirley uh, saga. Excellent. I've got our close friend of the week and um, yeah. Celine says, OMFG, sorry, this is my dream podcast collab. Collab. On that note, <laughs> Lucy can introduce our very special guest. Yeah, we have a guest here with us and you may well recognize her voice because she is also the host of her own podcast called Adulting. Hey, Anoni. Welcome. Hello. Hello, friends. Oh, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat. <clears throat> Sorry about oh, that. Little sexy rasp. Um, yeah, I'm sure many of you will be familiar with Anoni. Um, but like I said, she has her own podcast. She's an influencer. She's also a comedian as well. So you're going to make us laugh basically for the whole episode. That's the, the deal. Oh gosh. No pressure. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing another dilemma episode because the one that we did a few weeks ago now was really popular. You guys seem to enjoy it. So we're going to go in with our special guest and answer all of your life's problems. Um, cause we're all 100% qualified to do so. <laughs> oh goodness. Completely. Right. I can kick us off. So. Someone has asked, how soon after a breakup can I start dating again? I think that the minute you ask that question is the minute that you should be ready. Do you know what I mean? More than ready. Yeah. You know, I think if you're thinking to yourself, when can I date? It's now. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I started getting over my ex like a year before we broke up. So that was <laughs> 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 as soon as we actually broke up, I was literally like, boom. I'm fucking single. Let's go. But yeah, everyone's different. I think that happens a lot. Like when you're in the break, before you break up, you kind of have to, especially if you're the person dumping, there's ages before you actually get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to break up with you. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, you slowly start to grieve that relationship. Um, but everyone's different. There's no right or wrong. And also I remember with me, with my last big breakup, a lot of the the hesitation was like guilt. I almost felt like guilty and like thinking of the other person. So I guess the mindset that you might have is like, oh, I should be waiting three months before I date someone because that's the amount of time that I would be comfortable with them doing the same to me. But ultimately for me, like when you've broken up, yes, there's a level of respect. Like I personally wouldn't be going all over social media being like, I'm going on a date or I'm on dating apps immediately. However, you are single now, you know, and it's important. Like there's no set timeline on this stuff as well. on like getting over someone, it could take two weeks. It could take two fucking years. 
And um, also, as much as I was about to say, oh, I'd absolutely hate it if, like, say Matt and I broke up and he went on a date the next week. The only good thing about it is it is whipping the bandaid off. Like, if this is mm-hmm. if you're meant to be broken up, there's nothing better than getting to that point where you're accepting the breakup. Because yes. the worst bit of a breakup is the bit where for months and months you kind of flip-flop between, like, do I want to get back with them? Do I not? And you don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're out dating, maybe they're not. Yes. Whereas if you... If you date someone, I think you kind of commit to the fact that you're not going to be together. And that's like really healthy. So I think in, in of itself, it's like a good step. 100%. Like the decision is made for you. Like you don't have to yeah. be like, oh, maybe, maybe we'll get back together. It's like, oh, fuck, they've actually done that. So now I know I can't. It's like when you tell your mum, when you tell your mum like what they've done, like if someone's <gasps> been a prick, when you tell your mum and your dad, oh, there is no going back. There is no going back. <laughs> I've just had such bad flashbacks that because I haven't, luckily like Matt's the most amazing boyfriend ever, but I've had that with like every relationship where I think like, I really want to tell my mum, but if I tell my mum, I won't be able to be with them because she will be like, I get my mum also is so funny like if someone crosses not crossing us so, so like dramatic but if someone does like the smallest thing I'd be like oh so and so sad they didn't like my top my mum but like, I never liked her <laughs> never liked her I'm like mum it's fine it's just she's like no nope, shouldn't speak to her ever again she's I like so defensive of me so I can't That's tell her amazing. anything like that she just like will protect me down to the ground then she will be fine about it but she her response is like okay let's fight and I'm like no it's fine I love she, um, this is slightly unrelated but like on your Instagram pic the other day she was cracking me up because like you said something about like small titty community or something and she was like all breasts are beautiful breasts everyone should love their own <laughs> yes. natural shape I was like yeah it gave me Rena energy Tara it gave me mm. Rena energy um but yeah loved it yeah, yeah. I think I put Aperol spritz tiny tits and she was like it's not about the size of the tits yeah. it's about the worth of the woman or something yeah. what about what about the size of the Aperol spritz <laughs> yeah so true that's an important cause okay i think we nailed that one well done guys this brings us on quite nicely actually to the next one which is how do i show my ex that i'm having the best time and that he should regret everything Mm-mm. you don't you should that should not be on the mind um if you are performing which is quite easy to do when you have social media you can perform for your ex-boyfriend for the however many weeks that you are going through your breakup and that is so not healthy you will be you won't be yourself you'll be second guessing everything you're sharing it's all for them and ultimately you've had a breakup you want to get the fuck away you want that closure and you should just this is why I block I'm such a fan of the block Mm. because not only is it like it's not just that okay, they can't see, okay, I can't see their content. It's like, I don't want them watching my story purely because I don't want to have to be any kind of way when I'm doing my story because it's done. And if I'm performing, it's like, I'm just doing it for them and they're in control of me, which I don't like. So um, also we haven't addressed the fact that I'm wearing a Britney mic. And I, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to point that out because um, <clears throat> we're all just being really casual about it. No, yeah. So I... It was the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I was struggling to not talk about it. Lucy is like morally correct on this topic. But um, I definitely, when I had my last breakup, was listening to like Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato and like going out. And in a funny way, whilst you're right, there is some kind of liberation to thinking like, fuck you, like having those like that Kelly Clarkson song and Lily Allen and whoever else on that plays Demi Lovato, bit of a little mix and literally being like, I'm so fucking hot, I'm so unreal, you can't touch you, you can't come near me. But there has to be a sense of like, like Lucy said, you're not doing it, it's not a lie. Mm. You're not like pretending to have fun. If you're mm. actually going out there having loads of fun and thinking, fuck you, and putting it online for them to see, I think that can be quite cathartic. But obviously don't like 
do the thing. Have you seen the TikTok trends where it, just the girls like admit to having like I don't know a mannequin hand and pretending it's a boyfriend yeah, or like yes. putting a wig on a balloon yeah. and like pretending to kiss it? Like, don't do that. I think that's too far. Um, but genuinely, yeah. go out and have fun, obviously, and then like show how great your life is without them I mean maybe I'm a bit petty no I mean but that's the first way isn't it I think um you know this is not directly related to the question but the way that I would do this is do all the stuff that you couldn't do with them or that you didn't do with them that you can now do alone and live your best single life for yourself and that will just inadvertently Mm. probably piss them off so I mean two birds one stone right as long as it's genuine the problem I have at least with that is then I'm going to be checking my stories. Then I'm going to be ch- going through and I'm going to be like, I'm going to post a story. I'm going to be out with my girls. I'm going to post a story. I think I'm going to look really hot, but then I'm going to spend the next hour waiting for him to watch it. So I'm like looking through my views. I'd rather, I mean, obviously post the stories and live your best life and have fun and all, and all of that shit, but I would still mm-hmm. block them. Oh, so even when I did this, they were blocked, but I was looking to see if their friends had watched that's it. hilarious I, I like which that is guaranteed fair. gonna get back to them but it is true you are like too fair to do that i do think there has to be i do think you're always going to go through that slight element of um doing that shit but the quicker you get to the thing of like actually we're out of each other's lives now and i shouldn't be determining any part of my worth on mm. you is better mm. but i do think you always have to go through that bit like where i've never looked better than after a breakup i have to say <laughs> And Noni, your point on the friends as well, like that hits me hard. Like, because a lot of my ex's friends, like, we'll DM, they'll like check in. We'll like, one of them, I even, like, he liked me on Hinge and he had, it was all very like above the belt. (gasps) But like, we had this like full on conversation just about life and dating and stuff. And it was just like, they were just really, like, it's quite nice sometimes when you're like, oh, Oh, they liked me. Because you know they might be like, oh, have you seen like she's doing this? Oh, <laughs> even now, like I have exes from years ago whose friends who are girls who still follow me on Instagram still like yeah. my pictures, and I think, oh, that must be so annoying because like, I don't have any clue like what they're doing. I don't follow them; they're blocked. I literally couldn't tell you what they're up to. But I'll see that name and I'll think, oh, what a dream, <laughs> guys! I just thought, just just saw this story um, again, kind of slightly related, but not hundred percent related. Anyway, I was absolutely fucked um, on my out and um, I'm like having a really great time dancing with my friends really happy and this girl comes over to me and she's like hi you're Tara and like when this happens you kind of expect them to go oh my god I've seen you on Instagram or something I don't know and she goes naturally being an influencer <laughs> celebrity hey it's happened know? to me like in one coffee shop once okay shout out to Harriet who's listening to this um, so having a great time girl comes over to me she's like hey you're Tara I'm like yeah Tara what's up she goes you're Sam's girlfriend right I'm like yeah she goes I'm his ex so good to meet you oh I remember this I was like I saying this excuse me it's like first of all time and a place bitch second of all why <laughs> and third of all how <laughs> just uh, no but I have a question how have you not stalked your boyfriend's exes I'm like just I don't know if I'm wired wrong but I really don't give a fuck like I could not care less oh my god I am obsessed I love Tara is the most secure as in like you know like the attachment theory Tara is literally the most secure person I've ever met but mine isn't even about like worrying about it I am just fascinated I want to even Matt like Matt and I have been out for four years I've known him for like 13 years I'm still like do you remember that girl that you went out in year seven that you told me about what was she like I just want to know I'm just so interested in who they yeah. are and I'm like can I stalk her on Instagram because they have like private Instagrams even now it's not because I'm like worried about it I'm just like 
I think it tells someone a lot about a person. I just find it interesting. And I run out of people to stalk because I've like stalked all of my friends <laughs> I, too many times. Do you find it hot? <laughs> like, do you find it a bit hot thinking of like your boyfriend, like that he has like been with other people? Because that's like a thing. Yeah, it's that bad. I find it a little bit hot. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I know what you mean. But then two of Matt's like most recent exes are my really good friends because we all went to school together so oh, okay yeah, <laughs> so that's not as hot but I know what you mean I definitely don't I'm definitely very like open to f- finding things like Matt and I got really drunk recently where were we oh no there's such a couple last year and we were going about to go on a flight for some reason we got absolutely hammered and we talked about like, who would your hall pass be and we thought it was like the hottest conversation Matt's was Margot Robbie mm-hmm. mine was like young Jude Law or something and we were telling this couple we were out with the other day and they were like you can't talk about that and I was like what do you mean I fucking love that I love the idea that Margot Robbie might fancy Matt and that mm-hmm. they'd have, you'd have to like get with her and I'd be like oh no yeah <laughs> I love that I love that shit I really do yeah I'm I'm so here for that I, but, but I also can't talk about it because Sam's like take that shit off the podcast like at any time that I say anything like this but what's really and he's he's gonna he's gonna let me keep this in but what I find great is that we'll be like talking about something I don't know like anything I really want to give an example fuck it here we go so we were in Brazil and there was a girl there was a girl on the beach with like really bad fake tits um sorry she had really bad fake tits and I was like is that attractive like you know and kind of how did they move and we're having this conversation about it he was like yeah I've slept with girls who have fake tits before and I was like tell me more I don't know I just find it really attractive sometimes when he randomly throws stuff into conversation like that and I'm like hmm I don't know turns me on it's weird but you you want your partner to be attracted to other people you want that yeah and I think like this happened in lockdown where Matt and I obviously like living together now and we I actually do love getting dressed up for day night in the house like you can I will get dressed up for anything I got dressed up for tonight so (laughs) I will get dressed up. I really love it. So, so it's not that I like ran up things to get dressed up for, but the difference between like having date night in your house and then going out for dinner and like suddenly you fancy a partner so much more like having been in lockdown than going out for a meal and thinking that other girls are looking at Matt. I'm like, oh my God, you're so hot. Because you see them like yeah. through someone else's eyes. Yeah. Whereas like when you're so used to them, you can yeah. kind of like get really... So I think that's what happens when they talk about like previous sexual partners, people they dated. You suddenly get put in a position of, ooh, like I'm not mm. a permanent here. This could change at any moment in time. And I think you then re-see them in this new, like fresh way like yeah. you did when you first met them. And that's what I think makes it really attractive. And also I think it's really good to have that, Matt and I always talk about this, but like you choose to commit to someone. You're never going to just not fancy anyone ever again. You're never going to be yes. like, oh my God, we're soulmates. And now that we're together, I can't see <laughs> anyone else. It's 100%. like, that's not what happens. So like acknowledging that you think other people are good looking. I think it's really healthy. I agree. And like other people say that they can't do that because they're such jealous people. And I kind of, it's it's difficult because I mean, you're saying all this and you must be just not a generally jealous person like at all, right? Oh yeah. No, I'm not anymore because I think I used to be when I went out with we'll come on to this later thing but like when I went out with guys that made me feel insecure I was but Matt's never made me feel insecure and I never feel jealous and I trust him to the end of the earth and he's the same with mm-hmm. me so like nothing we say to each other and also because that open, there's never been a sense of ownership in our relationship I think mm-hmm. I've been in relationships before where the guys been like oh my god you can't talk to other guys can't do ever like Matt just doesn't give a shit what I do so it makes me realize that he trusts me and it's like that it's kind of like born there's never been a conversation about it but I think that you only feel jealous when someone makes you feel insecure or like you're owned or like they project it onto you and then you're suddenly like, I need to be worried about what they're doing or I need to not speak to other men or like, I flirt with any, absolutely anyone. I will flirt with like a granny. That's my my natural state of talking is flirting. So like if someone was annoyed about that, that would, that I've had that before where boyfriend's been like, you can't talk to anyone and then you become 
then you become jealous in yourself because you they like their insecurities transfer onto you. Whereas I think if you're with someone that lets you flourish and be the social butterfly that you are. I love this. Then you feel so good. It's just relationship goals to aspire to. I mean, absolutely. And you're 100% right. And I feel this, I feel the same way. Sam is so laid back that, I mean, it's Mm. just, it's great because it makes, doesn't, he's never made me feel insecure. Actually, it's pretty hard to make me feel insecure, to be honest. But like, he would, mm-hmm. he would never. Like, you just fuck off. You'd yeah. be like, bye. Just be like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as well. Like, this is what we've had conversations with this. Um, like over the past few months, with me being single and stuff, and it's like you just need to be the person that you want to be, and the, the right person will just appear. Will find you. They yes. will just appear. But also, like. You might not even, you don't need to fucking find someone anyway. No. It's like, have your fun. I talk about this all the time and this is probably so boring, but because Matt and I have known each other for so long, like when we started dating this time around, it, there was nothing I could hide from him because he knows who I am because he'd seen me as a non-girlfriend for like all of these years. So he knows like pretty everyone that I slept with, every embarrassing I've ever done, every time I made a fool of myself, whatever. And so I would never, if I was like going on a date with him or whatever, do anything that I used to do with men, like change the way I dressed, change the way I spoke, like order different food. I would just, it was Matt. And that's been like the most revelationary thing because I've then never had to change. So I'd be like talking about, I remember we first started dating. I used to talk about periods in my stories all the time because I was like single for the first time. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking do stuff that is going to impress a guy. Had I started wanting to fancy a guy though, I might have changed that. But because it was Matt, mm-hmm. everything stayed the same. And I've never had that before. Mm-hmm. I've always changed for men in every previous relationship I've had. And then obviously none of them worked out because... I was wearing like Jack Will's trackies for them or like, <gasps> I don't know, like chatting about stuff that I'm not interested in or dumbing myself down in order to yes. make them fancy me. So it's never going to work because I'm like trying to get a guy who doesn't like me. He likes, it's my fault. It was my fault that like, I was pretending to be something I wasn't mm. to get a guy and then wondering like why it didn't work in the long run. So yeah, you're completely right. Yeah, Put out whatever you want to do, be who you want to be. Like, and then if someone like, like people that you want to be with will like that. Why do we do this? Why do we change ourselves? Do guys do that for us <sighs> too? Is it more prominent in women? Do people in same sex relationships do this? I don't, I genuinely don't know because I definitely felt like I did that with my last relationship and it was like the whirlwind one that was only like four months. But like, I definitely was doing things with him that I wouldn't do with other people. And I was dressing like the trackies thing made me laugh because he'd always say to me, I love, I love when you wear your trackies. I'd be buying fucking urban outfitters, baggy trackies, like I'm wearing them. Like, I hate that I do that, but it is just down to an insecurity, which, you know, I do have somewhere. And yeah. I think a lot of people do. And at least for me, it's kind of that that feeling like in school, I wasn't cool. Like I was not cool. And I like never had a boyfriend from my school because no boys fancied me at school. So I think it maybe is like rooted in that of like me feeling like I need to, I'm never going to be like picked when you're chosen. Um, and those mm. things stay with you as well. Those things are like very subtle, but they do stay with you. Now I'm like, I don't think I'd ever fucking do that again because I feel like I've done the work, but they can creep up on you. Yeah, I agree. And also like if someone said to me now, like I would always wear things that made my, I love clothes. I've always been into fashion, but I used to wear stuff that made my body look nice. So the reason the guy wanted me to wear Jack Will's trackies, they were like those skinny tight ones that like showed your bum. That's like not fashion. I hate shit like that. <laughs> it's, it'd be like if Matt said to me now, like, oh, I love it when you wear skinny jeans. I'd be like, you can fuck off. Yeah. Never wear skinny jeans again. Um, but in school, weirdly, I always had boyfriends, but I think that's because I was so good at being like probably like a pick me and knowing what like what so desperate to make boys like me that I'd be like, yeah, I'll wear the Jack Wills truckies. Yeah, I'll be like 
deep toasting a banana in the dining hall, which one of the guys from school reminded me about the other day. They were like, I can remember so clearly we all looked over and you were deep toasting a banana. And I literally was like, oh my God, kill me now. That's so funny. So classic. That's like the epitome of pick me. I fucking love it. I've, I feel like every person has a story like that as well. But we've also all been through a pick me stage, haven't we? I mean, everyone kind of does. Oh, but yes, I, think, yes. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think I feel like I've now realized by talking about it quite a bit that we do just go through, all of us go through a phase of wanting to be liked. But the thing, the problem is with girls and boys is that girls like get like overly sexual about it, weirdly. Because I remember I did <laughs> stupid yeah. stuff like that, right? That it's just embarrassing. But I never remember any of the guys doing any, mm, not quite. Did you do throw a banana? I got suspended for, did I get suspended for this? Yeah, I got suspended for this. I got suspended for uh, sending a um, nude video of me like wiggling my bits around to a guy when, when how old was I? I was like 15 or something. But why did you get suspended? Because the school went in and found something else on his laptop or something and then found that video and then suspended me imagine fuck fuck that how were you underage were you under 16 yeah mm, yeah fair enough but then tricky. maybe he should have been suspended. i don't know i always find that funny oh no he did get suspended too he did get suspended too. Oh, okay so, yeah there was something i was reading the other day or matt was reading it and it was really interesting i also think i was probably about 16 or something when i did that but there's a b- before the age of 16 the part of your brain that understands like why you shouldn't do this stuff hasn't developed and it, there's all these case studies to say it's why like pre-t like kind of like 14 to 16 year olds send nude photos because you don't understand your brain like literally can't compute that there's a consequence or why you shouldn't do that because your hormones are everywhere you do these really sexually explicit things that now you'd be like I'm never going to do that like why would you do that but your brain just isn't developed and so it's like we've got too much access and the ability to make these mistakes so frequently because of tech and whatever yeah and it's like no one it's really no fault of the child it's just that you're 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 just yeah, playing basically absolutely. you don't really understand what you're doing or what the problem is but there's like a record of it but I also do think that like these mistakes help us grow right like we wouldn't that that kind yeah. of it hits when when the consequence actually happens that's when you learn and I would never have learned that if somebody else got suspended instead of me I just would have been like how that's hilarious and I don't, I don't know like we've got to make our own mistakes and and learn our own lessons no 100% yeah I just think I think the part of it is it's like it doesn't really none of it really matters it's if it becomes dangerous like you sending a video is, it's quite innocent it's kind of like and me deep thirty banana for whatever reason I think I was I don't actually know why I think it's because I thought I was like I don't have a gag reflex and thought that was because oh I used God. to yeah. prior to that was I used to down water I used to do water downing competitions when I was in like year seven which is much more innocent but just as skilled and I always used to win and I used to like because I could open my gullet I don't know if I do it anymore I could try with the mind I went um so I think I was proving that point in a very sexualized way. hilarious. But that doesn't really matter. But the, the reason why it's dangerous is like, if you send that video and then boys like disseminated it to the rest of the school or whatever, mm. it's, it, that's the shame in it. It's like, we kind of shaming kids. You're just playing. Like you don't really understand the consequences. I'm still figuring out what sex is and I'm like 27. It like changes every year for me what it means. I've never heard anyone say that. And that's literally exactly it, isn't it? It's like, we've never fully, we don't, mm. do we ever fully kind of, understand with all the information that we have now at our fingertips and the amount of learning that we can absorb like yeah I don't think and it's kind of it's a nice thing I think that we've got to this stage yeah. in our generation where like we are just going to keep learning and learning and stuff's going to keep changing and it's great it's so exciting it is exciting I also think like as you get older and know yourself more everything changes meaning like everything in my life changes meaning like even clothes that like we were talking about or like what I eat or the, the reason that I do something 
it's all part of the learning yes. the journey love I love it. that it's it's the climb it's the climb <laughs> I know that song <laughs> team I've got a really good one so exercise or wine we should say it together one two three both both. <laughs> why is she making us pick like why why is she doing this not cool cheers to that the next dilemma is i am seeing a guy who has a belly button fetish but i have a phobia of them what do i do i don't know if i'm telling on myself but i've never dated anyone with a fetish i haven't either i haven't either but i do think it's so it's like really normalized now to have some sort of kinks have some sort of fetish it's not like a weird thing so so i think this question actually i'm sort of a bit like mm yeah like i understand that some people do and like i think we shouldn't kink shame obviously and people have their own shit no no, but that's what i mean i feel like i'm really boring because i i don't have any experiences with yeah maybe i have a fetish i just haven't discovered it yet but i'm just saying like that's it we're all so repressed as well we don't fucking know you might be three vanilla beans yeah but for me i'm just like i feel really weird about my belly button if someone touched it like i freak out if really? people get too close that feeling of like someone pushing my belly button makes me want to throw up i can't my sister is the same yeah and like um i just can't have anyone touching it so the thought of someone using it for their own sexual gratification in fact anoni the, the belly button account we discussed this the belly button instagram account that happened so there's basically the context guys basically this happened four years ago perhaps yeah someone went around making instagram accounts labeled as for example anoni's belly button and the display picture was a screenshot of your belly button from one of your pictures and this happened to like many different people over like the space of i don't know like four months um so yeah maybe i mean these people exist it's a thing i think yeah also it definitely was a fetish thing they would literally mess me all the time like (laughs) send me pictures of your belly button and yeah (laughs) so i think they were real belly button fetishes but they had them about like everyone do you remember and it was all people that we were kind of like friends with as well I don't know what I'd do if someone had a foot fetish. I'd be like, mm. this woman's written that she's got a phobia of belly buttons. And when I'm thinking phobia, like I have a phobia of needles. And if somebody had a needle fetish, I could not be with them. There's not, there's absolutely no chance. But if you just hate, like, so I'm trying to relate it to feet now instead. Like if I just hate feet and someone's like, I love feet. I don't know what I would do. I'd probably give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Whatever you tried, right? Isn't one of the cures of phobias um, like overexposing someone to that thing? Isn't that meant to be one of the ways? I remember hearing, you know, Catherine Bohart, who's like a comedian. I think she has OCD and something else. But one of the ways that they like fix phobias or do something is to like overexpose someone to it. So maybe having someone that loves your belly button loads might make you feel more comfortable around your belly button. Well, I think if someone wants to do something with you sexually and you it's like a hard boundary and it's like no this just can't like this doesn't work for me your partner you have to communicate that nicely with your partner but like it's okay like I think it depends how important it is. I think we said this on one of the other episodes. It depends how important it is for that partner because if they're like, I literally can't be with someone that doesn't do this with me, then like we're not sexually compatible. But if it's just on those things of like, I kind of want to try it or I want to do this thing with you, but I respect their boundary. Like your partner should respect your boundaries. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I don't know. No, I agree. I think it's like working out whether or not like, is this going to be like, are you going to be incompatible if you can't? Yes. So which way can you go? If it's like you can't engage with your belly button and they 
are okay with that, that's fine. Or if they have to engage the belly button, you can't do it, then it's just a no. It's just a conversation, yeah. I guess. It's an, it's an open conversation. And I think it's trying it if you feel comfortable enough. And if you don't feel comfortable enough, sack it off. Done. I mean, sack it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, a, so we had a lot of people write in, um, to say that they're in love with their best friends or they, want to hook up with their best friends and they don't know what to do about it, right? And I've said this on the podcast about something else and I will say it again, be prepared to not be their best friend anymore if things go south. I mean, hell, yeah. do your thing. Go and do whatever the hell you want to do, but just just think of a future where they are no longer in your life. This is the same about like, you know, someone saying, oh, I think I love my boss. It's like, be prepared to not work there anymore. You know, it could work. It has worked. I don't know yeah. for people it has worked, but yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's something to do with lockdown? Like people got cabin fever where they haven't seen many people. So they're like, oh my God, my best friend's actually amazing, which obviously you love your best friend. That's like the point of a best friend. And now because your pool of people that you've been seeing has got so much smaller, you're yes. like, I'm going to procreate with them. It's probably something like evolutionary wise, your brain is probably like must <laughs> procreate. And then you yeah. think you've seen like five people. So it's like, great, I'll do it with poppy he's my best friend that's it i genuinely think that's it and like i don't know i feel like the pressure especially like if you're kind of in your mid-20s upwards which is so depressing but it's like you feel this lockdown pressure of like oh my god everyone's getting engaged everyone's having babies i now need to meet my person oh hang on a second this my best friend therefore i'm just gonna get with them i feel like that's a thing i think that yeah i think you've got to apply more caution than you would because like tara said you if it does go wrong I don't know how you can you can't really take that back and I do think once you sleep with someone as much as you can be friends with people that you slept with I think that takes so much time like I think it takes years to kind of get to the point where yeah it's normal again so it's I guess it's if it's worth sacrificing it but then again sometimes that could be like the most amazing thing so I don't know I think if you're questioning it maybe it's messy territory I think if you were so in love with them that you had to be together you would have already kind of gotten past that question mark Mm. yeah that's a good point actually I think if it were me I would give it a little bit of time and then go out on other dates and stuff because now that we're starting to starting to go out and do stuff like try and get to a place where life is back to normal ish a little bit before you make that decision because I do agree that I think we are stuck in this covid rut of like we've seen the same people for you know however long um and haven't met new people so if we then go out and meet new people um yeah. The next dilemma is if he is shy, is it okay to take the reins? And I just love this question because I love how it's written because it's so like, it's so ambiguous. Like, what does that even, what do you mean? Like, if he's too shy to text you to say, oh, let's go on a date, or if he's too shy to spank you in bed, like, you know, what, what, what yes. does that mean? Um, what are the reins? And also, why does he have the reins automatically? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Who gave him the reins? I mean, uh, the, yeah. The reins are yours for the taking. I mean, I mean, short answer is fuck yes like why not yeah i think it's sexy yeah there is the dynamic of discuss the reins before you take them just in case he's totally not okay with that if he isn't mm, get get to why otherwise it could be an interesting red flag for you but but if the reins are like you asking a guy out that you've been talking to then i suppose you don't need to like test the water because it's like just shoot your mm-hmm. shot and do it 
Um, and I, I think that's so attractive. I literally, I'm going on a date with a man on Thursday. I asked him out. Woo! I don't give a fuck. And he's like, I like this. I feel good. He feels good. Whatever. But like, normally I probably wouldn't because I feel like as a woman, you do feel like you have to wait for someone else to ask you out. So, which is fucked up. I think what's, what's stressful about this question is I think that she sounds like she's worried she's going to emasculate mm. him but it's like mm. if he if you're a friend <clears throat> say you have one friend that's really outgoing and one that's really introverted the one who's maybe more extroverted or whatever might automatically just be like okay I know that so, or not even that if one of you is just shit at organizing stuff you automatically self-organize don't you you're like okay so I'll do this and she does that you're good at this you're good at that so I feel like you should naturally let yourself do that if if the dynamics like that anyway not kind of think oh he's quiet but I don't want to make him feel bad if I suddenly like because immediately these are like the best ways to test out what a person is like like if he if you want to kind of be the one that's like okay let's do this tonight or you know I want to go on a date or whatever and he is like oh I don't like that then amazing you've just had like the easiest way to like get rid of him and if he does like it that's fine I think that we need to stop second guessing ourselves Mm. it goes back to what we said right at the beginning don't don't try and preempt how they're going to react to how you're acting just act exactly as you would in any other scenario and then if they don't like that then it's not going to work and if they do that's great but we need to stop this what I used to do like I'd be thinking how are they going to react I'd spend the whole day if I was on a first date for example thinking like what are they thinking about me I hope they fancy me I hope they like me I wouldn't even think about if I fancy them I probably didn't fancy them and I'd be so desperate to make me like them that I would like forget all of my own like sense of self like are they impressing me do I think they're interesting I just spend the whole time thinking oh my god I hope they like me and that they think I'm hot and then I'd leave thinking oh god I hope they like me even if I thought they were awful and a Tory yeah (laughs) literally that is so fucking true it's so true it's like that that thing where it's like literally what you said there like you stop fucking wishing if they like you you better hope that this person whoever you're gonna date with likes you um that you like them sorry that you like them yeah and that mindset is the mindset to go in and have a great date because you are in control you you have your own shit you have your back absolutely i think the takeaway is take those reins honey if you want them just just do you because if they don't like you for who you are then they're not worth your time thank you next i forgot about thank you next what an era that was iconic it was an era wasn't it it was an era really was so our final dilemma of the evening is how do i get over an artist who made me feel like i'll never find anyone better Mm. I think from our reactions, we've maybe all been here. Mm-hmm. It's I, th- I think it's actually sadly like a really common thing because the thing that I learn about going, I, also it's really hard. We shouldn't actually label people as narcissists because obviously like narcissistic personality mm. disorder is like a real psychological yeah. illness. Um, but I completely know what you mean. I think the thing you have to learn is the way that those sort of people treat you. It's like parasitic. So they basically in order for, to make you like dependent on them, they break you down so much. And then they're the only person whose opinion matters because they devalue you so much that when they do say something nice, you're like, oh, that's amazing. Whereas obviously your friends and family hopefully love you all the time and are really nice to you. So when, I don't know, it's like, if your friend who always says you look pretty says you look pretty, you're like, okay, thanks, whatever. Like he says to me every day. <laughs> but if someone that's treating you like shit constantly, then suddenly is nice to you, it becomes like a really toxic thing. That's why you get like addicted to it. And that's how it works. And and they suddenly, they also like isolate you and all those things. So the only way that I think you can rebuild up to those types of relationships is 
really forensically realizing what they've done and it can be really hard but I think you have to think about like what why do they feel why does their opinion feel like it means so much and how you'll realize basically they're like people with who actually are narcissists are basically like a wolf in sheep's clothing so they're normally really really insecure um don't really know what they think about anyone don't want to think about themselves and so what they do is they try to bring everyone else down because they're so worried about their interior getting exposed so they try to make everyone else feel how they feel Mm. so it's a really long-winded quite like a forensic answer because I went out with someone who I think like again you can't diagnose but had a really bad relationship when I was younger and the only thing that made me learn is I, I actually end up feeling like sorry for them and realize like how destructive they were to other people. They weren't able to have happy relationships. The only way they were able to keep people close to them was by having this like really parasitic, basically like being a leech, like suck, draining stuff out of you and giving themselves power by like putting you down. Um, and I think that's the first step is recognizing who they are, like really looking at them and thinking like, are they worthy of telling me that I'm a piece of shit? Like, who really are they to say that to me sort of thing? Looking at all the other people that you have around you and thinking like, do they value me? What do my friends and family think about me? Like, what does my work think about? All of those like different areas you have and kind of rebuilding from the ground up because like I said, it is like that thing of they suck the life out of you and it's really, really, really hard. It took me so long to get over my relationship. Um, And kind of, rebuilding I guess from the ground up is what I would say is that a really sad answer no, so interesting I have nothing else to add it's, I know I think the only, the only thing I want to add is the only reason that I know that what you said and I've kind of come across this and I understand that like what a person like that does is manipulate you into into loving them essentially because yeah. of their insecurities and probably because of their tra- past trauma and stuff um, is because I've read a shitload of stuff about it without even really knowing that I've done that. So I think go out and search for people who've written about it um, and just resources to help you because you're not absolutely not alone that this happens all the time and it's it sucks. But I think almost if you can see it, if you can remove yourself from the situation and see it for what it is, then that I think might help you to come out of it and just realize that actually they're the asshole and you're a fucking fantastic human being and yeah I think hearing other people's experiences is really important and that can help you correlate oh shit that's actually not okay that that's happened to me and things obviously like resources like there's um an Instagram account called I think it's called like Narcissist Survivor I've seen it a few times and that might be a good one to follow for like little bite-sized chunks there's also a couple of podcasts um one of them I've listened to for I can't remember the name of it if I can I'll put it in the description but listening to that is also really interesting as well and it it just helps you with the realization of like no this is wrong rather than I'm wrong I'm bad you start to unpick it and it's like a long journey but yeah you you kind of need to I think hearing other people's experiences is so key at the start like with anything you know if you get cheated on hearing about other people anything grief everything it's it's great to hear other people and that you're not alone I was going to go back to something Tara said you said at the beginning like when you have a breakup which I always say to people is you know when people are like oh I feel really lonely whatever it's filling t- your time with things you want to do so remember when I had a breakup I was like oh I'm going to go to museums or I'm like going to work out really late in the evening or do stuff that like relationships take away from you I think something that happens when you're in like a coercive control or like an abusive relationship is they strip every there's nothing left of you basically so there's just who you are in the relationship especially if it's like codependent there's no like sense of self around that like I feel very independent I'm Anoni and then I'm going out with Matt but Anoni is here and Matt's here and when you're codependent you're like one thing and if they leave you you your friends have gone like maybe your things so it's like rebuilding 
parts of you that maybe you would never have had without them. So like whether that's interest in the theatre or like you want to knit or any any kind of parts of you that you feel like you've lost, like we assimilating yourself into the world because I think that that's what happens is you become so dependent on them that when they leave, you're just a shell of a person. You really do have to like figure out who you are or who you were before, who you're going to be now. Sometimes it like changes you. But I was going to say about Narcissus Survivor, that's really good. Um, but re- also reaching out, because I think sometimes it can be so full of shame if you're in like a really hard relationship and it feels really embarrassing, especially maybe your friends kind of saw it before you or they kind of like said things. Just reach out to people and be like, I'm really struggling and I need you to give me context around what happened. Like my friends would do that for me. They'd be like, remember when he did X, Y, Z? Or do you remember this time this happened? And I'd be like, oh yeah oh yeah, that's so true. And then it helps you to piece it together because when you're in it, you can't see the wood from the trees and you think they're like, you. I was always making excuses. I'd be like, no, 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 you don't understand. He's actually really sweet. And they'd all be like, oh my God. And then afterwards when I was finally ready to leave, they were like, he did this, you did this. You remember this time? There's been so many, so many times. And I was like, shit, I was the only one that couldn't see it. So sometimes like retracing your steps and getting like external people who know you to kind of go it's the same with mental health if you ever go through depression or anxiety and you can't see yourself and you kind of have to people to be like you were really like not with it last month or whatever it is sometimes you need to piece your history back together through like the eyes of other people and then yeah. it'll help you to move on nothing more to add wow that was so good like that that's so important like it, it has to be said and you just put it in such a brilliant way and I think so many people listening unfortunately will be able to relate to that but also know how to actually help themselves beyond like you'll be all right you'll get over it time yeah. heals like that's really practical advice which I love um why don't you um well you need to plug yourself you need to tell us like maybe a little bit about your show I mean I really want to go it looks like the best time so <clears throat> thank you so much so well Grace and I are we're going to be coming back I think in the autumn for our shows that we do together but I was supposed to be doing a show on the 1st of July but Bojo uh-huh. just did that announcement so I think that's going to be August <laughs> so that's going to be my first like solo comedy show and then in between I'm going to be trying to do lots of um like gigging at bars and things because eventually I'm trying to write an hour in a year I'm gonna try right now of comedy so that's something I'm doing I'm also working on doing more like journalism pieces I'm basically I'm in my like third transition of my career because I start like as in when it comes to Instagram I start off like a fitness influencer yeah then I managed to do like lifestyle and like podcasting and now I'm like oh I want to be a comedian and a journalist and it's all like I keep having these massive like um I always call it growing pains where I'll be like going really well on something and then I'm saying like no I want to change direction and I'm in this really weird flux at the minute where I'm sort of having to like steer my boat against the wind um, mm. and figuring a lot of stuff out as I go along. And also we're in a pandemic, which... Yeah, it's incredibly inspiring though, because a lot of the questions we get from people are like, you know, how do I change careers? Or like, well, you know, what? how do I find my purpose? Yeah. And it's, it's inspiring to hear stories like that where, you know, change is possible and you can make it happen and it takes time and it's hard work, but it is, you know, it's there and it's available to everyone and... Yeah. Best of luck with it all. Thank you. You can also listen to Anoni's podcast, Adulting, as well. You guys will enjoy it. You should, yeah. Come on. I don't know what else. I can't remember. I'm not used to being on this end of the... um of the chat the last comedians we had took up a whole fucking 10 minute segment promoting their tiktoks their shows their instagrams well i don't really have anything to promote at the minute because i'm still writing and i haven't got any shows coming up because of the pandemic and um i don't have tiktok because i got too addicted to it so i can't use it (laughs) so 
I'm in working, I'm literally at the minute, I'm in like this cocoon phase. I'm not really doing anything. I'm not really online. I'm not really offline. I'm just um, a growing pains phase. So I, I actually have nothing to share. You can just come on my Instagram where I post things sometimes. You post lots of great things for God's sake. I mean, we need to be just a little bit more complimentary about ourselves. Please. Yes. I do. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Anoni, for coming on. And um, it was absolutely brilliant to have you. So everybody go and follow Anoni at, I'm going to get this wrong. Wait, O-N-E, no. Oh, oh, fuck. So it is one one, but you swap the first N and E. So it's O-E-N-O-N-E. We'll tag her anyway, so you'll find her. But um, Yeah, you can find me. And thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we will see you next time. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.